Good morning. Good morning online. Glad you guys are tuning in. So how's it been so far? It's been good? So, I mean, I asked that question genuinely because I've been back in the overflow room by myself because I didn't reserve a spot at this service. I could have sat over there behind those lovely ladies. Oh, well. So, hey, I am thrilled um, that we are back together. Thrilled that you guys are joining us online. This is one church no matter where you are. And um, God's faithfulness over this last year um, has truly been amazing and fantastic. Um, It is wonderful to be together uh, this morning. So I look forward so much to what God has for us. Um, We are trying to do uh, things as safely as we possibly can. So, you know, masks up, cover your nose, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And we're trying to do touchless as best possible as well. Um, And so if you want to take notes, we're not handing out bulletins, but you can go to the River Ridge, uh, you can get the River Ridge app from Google Play or iTunes or wherever you get that, uh, and then click Sundays and then Notes, uh, and then it fills, and then you can fill in the blanks. And here's the cool thing is you can't get it wrong. Like, even if you type in the wrong thing with your little thumbs uh, or your big thumbs, uh, it gives you the right answer when you end up sending it to yourself or to your notes or email it to yourself. And this is really cool. There's a special feature on our River Ridge app that if you're on it and then you switch to Instagram, an alarm goes off on your phone so we know that you're doing that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right. Hey, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you just for that opportunity to gather and to worship and to sing and to celebrate communion uh, in a little while. Um, God, I pray that you would teach us the things that you want us to teach us this morning. I look forward with great anticipation to what it is that you want to show us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, about a month ago or so, the, the worship team is in here preparing uh, to, to lead worship online, and I'm sitting out in the, you know, in the, uh, where you guys are here in person, uh, and I'm watching things go on. And, and then all of a sudden, something starts to happen on stage. This is between songs, and the band begins to kind of react to something, you know? And so one person said, yeah, that's no problem, but there was no question that was asked. And then uh, somebody else kind of took their um, like music stand or their um, stuff, and they kind of moved over a little bit. They said, is this better? Okay. And then everybody all on stage started laughing. And I'm sitting in the watching, and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing out on something here. Like these people are all enjoying something, hearing something that I'm not hearing. And then it sort of a little light bulb went off. I'm like, oh. Now, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but when the band is on stage or the vocalist, they all have these little earbuds in. They look like they're wearing headphones, and they connect to this little pack kind of thing, and then it connects to like those little gizmos over there that are too fancy for me to touch over there. But what, can, what they do is that the vocalists, they're called in-ear avium monitors, but they can basically create a mix that they want, so a little more drums or a little less keyboard, a little more vocals, a little more of themselves, so they can hear in order to be able to sing and play at the right thing. So what happened is that they have their little earbuds in, and then Dylan, who's kind of behind that wall, Dylan Frex, our student ministry uh, director slash everything technology, is back there, and he's giving them instructions into their ears, but I'm sitting where you guys are, and I'm totally missing it. And I totally felt like I'm missing something. And then they start laughing. I'm like, oh, now I'm really missing something funny. And I hate being on the outside kind of looking and not knowing what's going in. And as I'm watching this and experiencing all this, it made me realize 
that sometimes the way that I felt is the way that people feel about hearing from God. That sometimes it feels like everybody else around me can hear from God. Somebody will say, the Lord spoke to me and said. Or somebody else will say, you know, I prayed about it and the Lord directed me to do this. Or I felt the Lord speaking to me and he said this. And I recognize that the way that I kind of felt as an outsider looking at the band and they all have these inner ears, I'm like, I think that sometimes that we feel like God speaks to other people and hears him clearly, but yet we're left on the outside going, what is it that's missing? Well, this morning, we begin a new sermon series on the Holy Spirit, and it's called You Are Welcome Here. And the idea is part of it, not everything about this series, but a lot of it will be about how do we hear from God? Because the Holy Spirit is a big part of how it is that God speaks to us. And so we're going to answer this question, look at this question of you are welcome here, and what does it mean to welcome the Holy Spirit? But before we jump there, I do want to kind of ask a question that some of you may be thinking where it's like, I'm not really sure that I want to totally jump into the Holy Spirit. Because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, and we, you know, we have probably, maybe you're familiar with the, the Trinity, so you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit of the Godhead of the Trinity is the one that I think that we understand the least. And we don't quite grasp it. And it's a bit of a mystery to us. But also, sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a little bit weird. Like, a, kind of not just a mystery, but like, I don't get that. And I kind of want to keep my distance. Because there's sometimes people have done weird stuff and odd stuff with the Holy Spirit. Like sometimes the Holy Spirit is not called the Holy Spirit, it's called the Holy Ghost. It's like, ooh, that's getting a little, ooh, that's kind of weird, right? And then, depending on what church you grew up in or what you've seen on TV, it's not the Holy Ghost, it's the Holy Ghost. And you're like, ooh, I'm not sure I want to deal with the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost kind of makes people fall down and shake and speak in weird languages and do flips down the aisle and tell people that God told them to do weird stuff, Right? But here's the thing. When it comes to God the Father, like we grasp God the Father for the most part. And when it comes to Jesus, you know, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels in the New Testament, and we grasp who Jesus is. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's a bit of a mystery, a bit of like, I'm not so sure about that. And there can be a tendency to say, well, I'm familiar with God the Father. I'm familiar with Jesus. And so I'll just kind of ignore the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem if that is our attitude, is that we're missing out on a third of who God is. I mean, think about that. If God is God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we're like not so interested in the Holy Spirit just because I don't get it, I don't understand it, then we're missing out on a third of what God has for us. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to dig in and delve into who is the Holy Spirit, And and what does that look like to interact with the Holy Spirit and to have encounter with the Holy Spirit? So this morning, I have sort of subtitled the message, uh, The ABCs of the Holy Spirit, because we're going to just kind of deal with a foundational level, and I've kind of done an alliteration of A, B, and C. Uh, But right from the beginning, I want us to understand the Holy Spirit is a he. The Holy Spirit is not an it or a force, or something like that. The Holy Spirit is a he. If the Holy Spirit were to send you an email, and down at the bottom, the Holy Spirit would say, my pronouns are he, him, and his, 
right? Not it, it's in there, something like that, okay? So the Holy Spirit is a he. So here's the first thing. This is the A if you want to take some notes. And I'm going to try and make this as memorable as possible because uh, I know some of you adults in here are kind of fidgety and you want to color. So here's the first one is all Christians have the Holy Spirit. All Christians have the Holy Spirit. One of the first times that Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit is recorded in the Gospel of John. And Jesus having this conversation with uh, a man named Nicodemus, and they're talking about what does it mean to be a Christian, and they use this term born again. What does it mean to be born again? And it's a much longer passage, and and we've looked at it in the past, but we're just going to look at just a snippet of it this morning. But in verse 6, it says this. I'm in John 3, verse 6. It says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, what Jesus is telling to Nicodemus is that everyone who is born again, everyone who is a Christian, everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit. And the word here in Greek is the word pneuma. It's P-N-E-U-M-A. It's the word pneuma. And that's the word that's used for the Spirit of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is not new to the New Testament, though. The Holy Spirit is spoken about in the Old Testament as well. So the New Testament is written in Greek. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, the word for Spirit or Holy Spirit is ruach. Okay, I want you to say that. One, two, three. Okay, now that was sort of good, but like that, that sound at the end, it's ruach. It's like you've got some phlegm in your throat or some like popcorn back there. You're trying to get that kernel out. So let's try it again. It's ruach. One, two, three. <sighs> Kids, we need you to kick in here with a good sound. Ready? One, two, three. There we go. Good. You got the long A in there. <laughs> ruach. Um, but here's the thing is the Old Testament the Holy Spirit would come upon kings and prophets and empower them to do something for a time. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit with them all the time. But then in the New Testament, as with the coming of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, with New Testament believers, we have the Holy Spirit with us all the time. Here's the way that Paul put it in Ephesians chapter 1. He wrote, In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And there's a couple words in there that help us to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. First of all, it says, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, it says, you believed in him. So when you placed, when you heard the gospel, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead, and by placing your faith in him, you can have eternal life. When you made that decision, the Holy Spirit came in you. That's the moment that the Holy Spirit came in you. You may have not known that was happening or that that happened, but the Holy Spirit came in you. And then it says, and you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance. And so the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and says that's a guarantee of our inheritance. 
And here's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, is that when the Holy Spirit comes in you, the Holy Spirit comes to stay. That you can be secure in your salvation because you've placed your faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in you. It's not like if you do something really bad, if you sin really bad, if you sin over and over again, then the Holy Spirit's like, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm leaving. I'm stepping out for a while till you get your life back together. No, the Holy Spirit is in you for your lifetime because it says there's this promised inheritance that comes because we have the Holy Spirit in us. So that's the first one of our foundation. All Christians have the Holy Spirit. Here's the second one, and these are actually going to put these two together with B and C. It comes from the Gospel of John. And in chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is preparing the disciples for the time that he is going to leave. And so in these three chapters, he's kind of teaching them, and part of what he teaches them about is the Holy Spirit. And so this is John 16, 7. Jesus says this, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, let me ask you a question. If I were to say to you, would you prefer to have Jesus in 2021 walking around the earth, or would you prefer to have the Holy Spirit? What would you say? I think most of us, our, our quick answer would be like, that would be awesome to have Jesus walking around in 2021. Because if I had a question, I could go ask him that question. I mean, if he's over in Marmet, I could go over to Marmet. If he's in Arizona, I could go to Arizona. If he's in Bangladesh or Russia or Iran or South Africa or wherever he might be, I could go and stand in line or get a ticket and I could ask him a question. But you see what Jesus said, he said, it is good it is for your good that I'm going away. Another translation says, it is to your advantage that I would go so that the Holy Spirit would come. You see what Jesus is saying? He's saying it is better to have the Holy Spirit with you as a believer, in you as a believer, than it is to have me walking around on this earth. Now again, that's not necessarily the first thing that we would think of, but why would Jesus say that? Well, let's listen to why Jesus says that. And so the first B is better than the Holy better than Jesus. Better than Jesus. So all believers have the Holy Spirit. The second is better than Jesus. But Jesus tells us the why of that. This is John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. You see, what Jesus is saying here is he's saying that I, when I walk the earth, I can be with a small group of people. I can be with my three or four disciples. I can be with 12 disciples or other people that are following him. I can speak to crowds, but there's a limited number of time and space that he can be with Christians, when he can be with believers. But when Jesus says, the Holy Spirit comes after me and it's to your advantage, it's because all of us have the Holy Spirit. That no matter where you are, God is 
with you. He lives in you. He lives with you. That's why it's to your advantage that the Holy Spirit is better than having Jesus walk around with us. So all believers have the Holy Spirit, better than Christ, and here's the C. And I kind of got a little bit of rhymey on this, a little Dr. Susie this week. Ready? Counselor is his name, comfort is his game. Counselor is his name, comfort is his game. Now, Jesus said, I will send to you another counselor. Now, the word in Hebrew, excuse me, the word in Greek for uh, Holy Spirit here or counselor is the word paraclete. Okay, now, and I realize that I'm kind of getting a little bit of Greek and Hebrew in, which I don't typically do. And you're like, there's kids here. Maybe we should not do so much of that. But fact is, kids learn languages like way better than we as adults do. So kids, if you could help your parents when they go home to remember some of these words, that would be great. But the word is paraclete. And it's a word that depending on what Bible translation you have, it's a different word in English. Okay, so there's a, this is one where there's a lot of different ways that they put this same Greek word in English. Yours might say counselor, it might say comforter, it might say helper, it might say advocate, it might even say encourager. There's a lot of different words that are put there. And you may kind of wonder, like, well, can't they figure this out? Like, which word is it? And here's the thing is, when you do translations from language to language, sometimes there's not an exact translation. And that's the case here. The word paraclete conveys much more than any one, any single one of our English words. And so the best translation would probably be comforter slash counselor slash helper slash encourager slash advocate, right? But it doesn't say that. And here's the thing is when we look at this word paraclete, it's a compound word that helps us to understand what it means. So para means near or close by, and cleat, the second part of that, means called. And so it says the Holy Spirit is called to be next to us. And as Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, he says, I will, spend, I will send another paraclete, another counselor, another comforter. And you go, what is, why does it say another? Another what? What was the first one? Who was the first one? And the first one is Jesus. So when Jesus says, I will send another one to come alongside you, Jesus is saying, I'm the first one, and the Holy Spirit is the one to be beside you. Now, I don't know if you remember this, if you read the beginning of the Gospels, but when Jesus calls the disciples to be his disciples, what's the first thing that he calls them to? It's not to teach. It's not to go out and heal. It's not to start a church. The first thing that Jesus calls the disciples to is to be with him. Read the gospel, it says, and he called them that they might be with him. And the same way the disciples traveled the earth and walked with Jesus, we have that same benefit of traveling the earth and walking side by side with God, with the Holy Spirit inside of us. He is always with you no matter where you go. And so today I want to challenge you or ask you this question. And it's a question that we're going to ask throughout this whole series. But the question is this. Is what do you need the Holy Spirit for in your life today? 
that maybe you're going through some stuff and you need just difficult stuff and you need the Holy Spirit to be your comforter today. Or maybe you're facing a difficult decision and you need the Holy Spirit to be your counselor today. Or maybe you're just in a tough situation that you're having a difficult time going through and you need the Holy Spirit to be your encourager today. And that's who the Holy Spirit is for you. Always there, available, willing to be with you. As we talk about the Trinity, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians that I want to read to you. And it says this, and it's a great verse because it talks about all three parts of the Trinity. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So the three parts, God's grace poured out in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the grace of God expressed to us. The love of the Father, the love of God, and then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. God's grace was poured out to us in the person of Jesus Christ. 